0: to the weekly message from Angel of Joy Lutheran Church, an ELCA congregation located in Lufkin, Texas. Pastor Paul Guy and the family of Angel of Joy invite you to join us for worship at 10.15 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you should find yourself in our neighborhood, please enjoy this message and visit our website at angelofjoy.org. Dear friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Gospel lesson today was uh, one after another of parables, the stories Jesus told. And this one is a little different because Jesus, at the end of it, asked if they understood it all. You know, there was a parable of the mustard seed, parable of... The yeast, the parable of the treasure in the field, and then the the net with the fish in the sea. And then he says, have you understood all of this? And just as it's true, if I were to say this at the end of my sermon, did you all understand this? And there'd be a resounding, absolutely, every word just captivated me from beginning to end. Well, Jesus normally didn't ask them if they understood things, because... His story parables were the kind of story that you draw your own conclusion from and one person's conclusion might be different from another's because one person's life is different than another's and he wanted them to relate to the kingdom of God and his parables, his stories about the kingdom of God in a way that was meaningful for them. As a pastor looking at the gospel today, I could have one, two, three, four sermons, four sermons, maybe even five, because he ended up by saying every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household, and that one I wouldn't quite know where to go with. The previous four, each a sermon. But I got to thinking that today is such a beautiful day, you don't want to stay here till three o'clock when I finish with the fourth sermon. I was just guessing. I might be wrong on that point. Oren would know, Mr. White, or Sybil, or Mikey, the ones that would like to hear me preach for a good long time. But I decided that the one that caught my attention really was the third one. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field that someone found and hid, and then in joy goes and sells everything he's got to buy the field itself. Same thing with it tied in with that, the merchant that found the pearl of great value and sold everything he had and bought it. I think if I were to go down each row and ask each person, tell me about a treasure in your life, something that you either found and bought or somehow managed to get possession of for yourself or one that you regretfully didn't get and always felt bad about it, that you never got it. And since I can't really speak for each one of you, because I don't know the personal and private circumstances of each of your lives, though some I could guess, but some, most I couldn't, I thought I'd just share something of my own and hope that you can tie into it one way or another, or after church today say, you know what you preached about today? Let me tell you about it's treasure in my life that I just had to have at all costs. And you can do that but when I was in the army I had an opportunity to get some things at a great price, a super price that I hadn't previously been able to afford. For the first time for example I was able to buy a terrific single-lens reflex camera and subsequently took all kinds of pictures. That was the year of the bicentennial and way up by the airfield at, at the post I was stationed at in Germany they had a wonderful fireworks show and I could take time exposures and get terrific pictures of those fireworks bursting in the sky. I still have those. I still have the camera. It's just a whole lot harder to buy film for it anymore. I was also able to assemble a pretty nice stereo system with a direct drive turntable and a receiver amp and a tape deck and so on. I even bought two big speakers from a fellow that I was stationed with, Tony Malone, a medic that was down, lived down the hall from me. He sold them because he had his eye on some nicer speakers that he wanted to buy and he needed to get some money together to do that. So I got a better price on the speakers because he saw another treasure that he wanted. The one thing that I had long wanted but been unable to afford before that time was a five-string banjo. Through the Army Exchange Service, I discovered that I could get an incredible deal on a Gibson Master Tone, the kind that Earl Scruggs played. Well, it wasn't exactly the same. His was forever after going to be way beyond my price range. But it was still a Gibson Master Tone, and I started saving for that. And I had nearly saved enough money to go in and make the deposit and buy that banjo that had to be sent straight from the factory back in the States. But I had almost had enough money to do that when something else came into the picture. You see, it was right about that time that I became acquainted with a pretty young German woman named Inge. And for some reason, that took precedence by the time I left Germany and left the army, I still did not have that banjo because another treasure had replaced the first. And in the end, I think that was really a pretty good trade-off. But I have to admit that in the course of my lifetime and on a much less critical scale of things, I've also made some not-so-good exchanges of treasures in my lifetime. Well, ultimately, I went to seminary and became a pastor and and shared my life with our young son, Toby. Well, as Toby grew older, he finally went off to college, and Toby discovered something that he wanted badly and that he could buy at a very reasonable price. It wasn't a banjo, it was a 1969 Mustang Mach 1. Kind of a classic. Well, with his parents' help and a bank loan, he was able to acquire this treasure and it was his treasure and he adored it. I mean, I th- almost think he said his prayers to it at night at bedtime. But it didn't exactly come cheap. It was about this time that he discovered A wonderful thing called eBay. And on this website, one could actually sell things and get money back. And little by little, he could pay off the loan for the car. And so he started selling his stuff online with that eBay site. Clothing was sold. Nearly all of his extensive collection of CDs was sold. His beloved Star Wars figurines, gone along with lots of other former treasures. Now, to be fair, Toby absolutely loved that Mach 1. But somewhere along the line, he discovered that it was becoming a high-maintenance treasure, much as a former girlfriend that I had. She was cute, but she sure cost a lot. Well, as far as the car went, not only was this taking a lot of time and money, but Toby found that he was becoming overly protective of it even losing his temper at someone whose car door in a parking lot accidentally bumped into his car. And he didn't like the changes in himself. He didn't like what that car was doing to him. It was his treasure, but it was too much his treasure. Well, today that car is gone. Others have taken its place. And he met a girl named Danielle... And he married her. And Tuesday, they're having their third baby. And those kids are greater treasures than that Mach 1 ever was. But I talked to him recently, and he said he still misses that car. The man found a treasure in the field. And the thing I never could quite figure out was, well, what was he doing in that field in the first place? And as long as he knew that there was a treasure hidden in that field, why didn't he just go back under cover of darkness and dig it up and sneak it out? Why did he have to buy the whole field just to get that one little treasure? Well, it says that in his joy he went and sold everything he had, all the rest of his treasures, and he did buy that field. I got to thinking I should ask the garrisons about that because they come from farm country up in Nebraska. And they know that the treasure of the field is probably not some gold that's been hidden in a jar or something like that, but the treasure is actually the field itself where you can grow crops and get unbelievably wealthy in the process. No. (laughs) Yeah, well... I took a course in college, an art course, and part of the course they were digging up, it was in Minneapolis, and they had bought, little by little the school had bought neighborhoods in the nearby and built buildings, classrooms and whatnot. even an ice skating rink in the neighborhood, but the professor, Dr. Thompson, took a class that he was teaching and they went through what had been a house at one time That had long time before had an outhouse or privy. Some of you, any of you, know what a privy is? Two, three, four of you. That was before they had indoor plumbing and toilets. They had kind of like a, a, like not a porta potty, but a non-portable potty outside, and people would not just you know use it for what you know, but they would use it to throw out. Stuff they didn't need anymore, old crockery, broken dishes, silverware, what have you, old things. And then eventually they filled it in. And after it was all filled in, you didn't even know it was there. But he found it. He used a metal detector and saw where there was stuff buried. And in this course that was sort of an archaeology course, they dug up this thing, this, this privy that had been buried and unused for about 75 years. And they never found anything that was of true val commercial value, but they found things in there that um, they could put on display, well, you know, not poop or that, but the the stuff that was of interest, old bottles with labels on it from well, with snake oil or or medicinal labels that for stuff that wasn't used for medical purposes anymore. And the thing was that, as he said, One person's trash is another person's treasure. And vice versa. One person's treasure is another person's trash. What is the treasure in your life, in our life, that we're willing to give up everything else for? Some people do it for power. Some people do it for fame and riches. Some people do it to get their name in the record books. Some people need to possess certain things that are beyond their means, but they just want to have it. I know someone that's got a a classic Ferrari stashed away in a garage that they haven't driven in years. It's not the usefulness of it. It's just the idea of having it. What constitutes a treasure? What has great value to you? Sometimes... Even something as intangible as faith, as our understanding and relationship with Jesus Christ, can become not a treasure anymore if something else more captivating at the moment takes its place. And I have to be honest with you, there are even Lutherans out there that at one time in their life went to Bible camp that have since sold out so they could buy something else that was more captivating, more of interest, more the lifestyle. The relationships that just didn't go hand in hand with a Christian faith. Don't fall asleep. I'm almost done. (laughs) Well, what is the treasure in your life? Or maybe not to narrow it down that far, what are the half dozen things that are most important to you, that you put the most value in in your life? you love your children, you love your grandchildren, your spouse your sister-in-law, absolutely and yet I and you also know people that have relationships that have split brothers and sisters that haven't spoken in decades families rent asunder why? another treasure took their place Perhaps, What are we willing to give up everything else for? Well, I have to tell you this. You don't have to give up much to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to give up much of value at all to love Jesus. Because he doesn't say, in order to love me, you got to stop loving your wife. In order to love me, you don't have to stop loving your Mach 1. But you need to love me. I want you to love me. Now, if I told my wife that I wanted a banjo more than I wanted her affection, she'd say, What she always does. This guy's, I married, is crazy. Well, I eventually got a banjo. Much (laughs) less. It wouldn't be a banjo. Maybe a mandolin. I don't know. It doesn't matter. (laughs) The thing is, uh, I can't use her like I do my my banjo. But my banjo doesn't love me back, and my wife does. I think. I'm pretty sure most of the time. And well all of the we don't even want to go there I'm going to pay for this later on but some things come around and bite you in well you know where the thing is are you really recording this George oh. treasures I treasure you and we all treasure Jesus Christ and with that in mind we don't have to sell out at all but rather we can find the loves, the treasures that we have in our life embellished by the greatest treasure of all. And that's God's love for you. And on that wonderful note, amen. Thank you for listening. Please provide feedback on the iTunes podcast page and visit our website at angeljoy.org for more information.